Before we get started, I have an important message. If you're on Medicare or about to be, you don't want to go it alone. And you don't want to just call the first guy who sends you a postcard. My husband did that, and he wound up with some bad advice that costs us a penalty each month that will never go away. So what can you do? Contact one of our member experts by going to certifiedmedicareagents.com and searching your state for an agent. You'll be able to look through our member agents and read about them. Then you can reach out to the agent or broker you select directly through the site. Now, one thing you should know is other sites who do this sell your information to 15 or more agents so you can get hundreds of unwanted phone calls. Not so with CertifiedMedicareAgents.com. You'll only be contacted by one agent, and if there is a problem, I may personally reach out to you, but generally you will only hear from the one agent you select. So head on over there right now before you forget and find a qualified and certified agent that can help you today. Now, let's start our program. Talking with people about how to have a great retirement. This is the Rock Your Retirement Show. We don't talk about money, but we talk about almost everything else you need to rock your retirement. Now, here's your host, Kathy Klein. Hi, this is Kathy, founder of Rock Your Retirement. I started this show because many baby boomers think that retirement is all about money, and it's not. Think about it. It's very difficult to go from spending 2,000 or more hours a year doing something to zero. For the first six months, it's fun, but then many of you hit a wall. Many divorces happen after retirement because the couple isn't used to spending so much time together. Depression can also set in. We want to help prevent that, so that's why I started this show. Today's guest is Jim Sweeney, who founded the number one manufacturer's rep firm in Florida and built the company to annual sales exceeding $50 million at its height. He got his business start by working for the former Eckerd drugstore chain as a merchandise manager and then as an import manager. Eckerd drugstore was purchased by CVS. His top accounts included Home Shopping Network, Miami-based export distributors, and Tech Data Corporation, a $30 billion computer distributor. Top product lines represented included Yamaha, JVC, Sony, Ericsson, Ricoh, Belkin, Energizer, Verbatim, Fellows, and Kingston. He sold Sweeney Cells in May of 2005. So what's he doing now? Jim Sweeney has created his trademarked Mike cartoon sports character to become the first universal animated brand in sports. Besides penning 800 blogs, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes, Jim has published 38 Mike sports comic books. All of the ebooks contain clever sports comics and lighthearted commentaries on unique observations about sports. The 58-year-old Sweeney still participates in sports, slowly, as a master's athlete and serves as head of USA for FI 
MBA, the governing body for Masters basketball tournaments around the world. So, Mike, does that pretty much sum it up? Yes, it does. Thanks for the uh, great introduction. Well, thank you for coming on this show. We really appreciate it. I appreciate it, too, and I'm excited. Well, good. So, tell me, you were an executive that owned a sales agency with over $50 million in sales. Did you plan to retire when you sold that, or did you plan on creating this cartoon character? I think I've always had the thought and the idea of creating this uh, sports character by the name of Mike. Mike's real name is Mike Raffone. He's a microphone. We call him the ultimate talking head (laughs) on sports. And yeah, I'm a 58-year-old guy. So on January 3rd, 1958, when I was born, I felt like Mike was coursing through my DNA at the time. And he was always with me. Every time I go to sleep at night, Mike was with me. When I got up in the morning, Thoughts of Mike were in my head, and I just felt like I had to bring him to life. And I was very fortunate that my wife and I were co-owners of Sweeney Sales. We did extremely well, quietly here in Florida, and we just wanted to do something different. But the different uh, needed to be bold, courageous, and something that we felt could have a positive impact on culture. And uh, that's why we birthed Mike, and we brought him to fruition. Did you start thinking about how you were going to do this while you were still working? Or was there a break between the time that you sold the agency and the time that Mike appeared? Every day when I had the agency for the the last couple of years, I thought about Mike and I thought about doing something that was different. In the agency, I, I represented about a dozen different computer manufacturers. And I primarily called on two multi-billion dollar uh, accounts here in Florida So my business process was very systematic and it kind of thwarted all creativity. And I was a creative guy. I just had this creative bent and I was just begging to do something that would help me exercise the creativity that I felt that I had. So over a period of time, I transitioned out of one thing, which was selling computer widgets into writing blogs, penning eBooks writing scripts for podcasts and for animated shorts. And it it wasn't something that I did in which I just flipped the switch and went cold turkey. It was a transitionary process. So would you say that you are currently retired and doing your retired love? Or would you say that you are in another business now? I'm in another business. I probably qualify for retirement age. And after exiting from the previous business I had, I, I, I could retire, but I would never want to retire. If I'm 90 years old, I'm still going to be working and I'm still going to be getting up every day with a passion, with a lot of, you know, as my father would say, spit and vinegar and, <laughs> you know, doing something that I love. And fortunately, I found at this chapter in my life, something that I absolutely love. And when I get up every day, I look forward to going to work. And But, you know, something I don't consider it work. You know, I had an Uncle Joe that said, you never work if you love what you do. And that's where, you know, I find myself in life right now. So you really don't need the money. You do this out of your passion. Uh, you know, you could always use the extra money to do things, you know, maybe differently, a little bit more robustly or flamboyantly. You can get a fancier car, go on a more luxurious trip, you know, build a bigger house. 
but I do what I do because I love what I do. That's great. So I took a look at your blog and it looks like you actually blog several times a week, if not daily. And so that's one way I would say that you're rocking your retirement by creating this blog. I mean, how many 58-year-olds have a blog? True. Probably not many. <laughs> True. You know, but you know something? We go, when I say we, my wife and I are both content creators and she helps edit you know, my books and a number of my blogs before I hit publish. And we go a couple times a month to different e-marketing related seminars or meetups within the Tampa Bay area here in Florida where we live. And you would be surprised as to how many older, and when I say older, let's just say 40 plus, 50 plus, even 60 plus people attend these things because they find that, you know, there's just so much that you can learn that's internet related, especially blog specific. And they have passions, they have dreams, they have hobbies. And they want to bring them to life and they want to be able to exercise maybe their creative bents that they hadn't done working, you know, a corporate job that precluded them from doing it. So we run across people that share the same common interest and passion that we do all the time when we go out to these meetups or these webinars or seminars. I, I love that. You know, when I was doing my research for the show, I did a Google search on your name and I found another Jim Sweeney who does a blog. And it looks like I, did, I didn't spend a lot of time reading it because I could tell right away that it wasn't you, but it looks like he has multiple sclerosis or muscular dystrophy or something like that. And he's blogging about his experiences with just the things that happen to him on a daily basis because of his disease. So you're right. You don't have to be a certain age. You don't have to be even healthy, it looks like. Um, I thought that that was very interesting considering the life that you lead versus the life that the other Jim Sweeney leads. I think that's great. I, I have never come across this guy because uh, I come across a lot of other Sweeney's. It's a fairly common name. But for this man to do what he's doing, knowing that he has uh, the physical condition, I think he could be such an inspiration to so many other people. So I applaud the guy. I do too. That's one of the reasons why I, I have this show. I've actually categorized your show in the areas of adventure, travel, health, and spirit and soul. So let's start with your basketball experience. What is the Francis Pomeroy Naismith Award? Back in 1980, I was voted top NCAA men's basketball player in the nation under six feet tall. And I played four years at Boston College from 1976 to 1980. And I was a three-time captain for the team. Wow. You don't hear about a lot of people who play basketball that are under six feet tall. How tall are you? Uh, five feet, 11, and seven eighths. I, <laughs> I actually got measured by the committee to confirm the fact that I was under six feet tall. <laughs> I think now, big, when, I play big, and I have a big heart. Let's put it <laughs> when you were in college, did they have those machines that hang you upside down and stretch you out? What are those called? I have one, and I can never remember what no, they're called. No, they didn't. Inversion table. No, they didn't. But you know something? My number in college was number 11 because I felt if I wore number 11, I could look taller. <laughs> oh, okay. That's good. <laughs> I don't want to be 88. <laughs> you don't want to be 88. Yeah, no, exactly. So. <laughs> did you go anywhere after you graduated college? Uh, yes, I did. I played for a season in Sweden, but I'm 58 years old and this is over 35 years later and I have never stopped playing basketball. I still play today. And in your introduction, I noticed how you paused and you accentuated when you said, yes, Sweeney still plays basketball slowly. <laughs> And Kath, I do. I play three times a week. I played last night. I'm going to play on Thursday. And we may play twice this weekend because 
our old man's team has a tournament coming up in two weeks and we want to be prepared. Basketball is not also a slow sport like golf. I consider it to be a strenuous, not that golf, all you golfers, please don't send me hate mail. But you know, it's, it's, you sweat when you play basketball and you don't necessarily sweat when you play golf unless you're playing in the heat. Yes, that's true. We always play. I live in Florida. And during the warmer months, we always play in air-conditioned gyms. We don't play outside anymore because when you get to our age, if you play on asphalt, you know, the pounding just does such a number on your body that you can't walk right for a couple of days afterwards. And, and that's not healthy. No, it's not. Not at all. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that you're still active. And that's, like I said, that's one of the areas that we look at is health as well. One of the other things that we talk about is spirit and soul. And you were involved early in life in a scandal and you were able to get over that scandal, have a great career and live your life. Some of our listeners may be involved now in some sort of issue with their children, their parents, their husbands or wives, where they feel like they can't get over something. How were you able to get through that period of your life? Just knowing the type of person, you know, I've always been. Also, you know, surrounding myself with the right people that would speak positive things into my life. The scandal that you're referring to is called the Boston College Point Shaving Scandal. And it happened during the 1978-1979 season. It's been well documented in books. Uh, on radio shows, I was on a couple radio shows just within the last you know few weeks because of the NCAA March Madness tournament. There's always talk of the scandal that surfaces at that time. Uh, there was an ESPN 30 for 30 documentary. Actually, it played again last night. I noticed it uh, when I oh, really? when I was uh, you know flipping through my preview section on my television remote. But it was a scandal in which I was involved in. I was never brought up on charges. I was never offered immunity. But my name will always be associated with what had taken place that involved, you know, some of the most notorious organized crime figures on the East Coast at that time. And as a matter of fact, the scandal is mentioned in the the movie Goodfellas. Uh, And it's a story that probably is never going to get stopped uh, being told because now there's talk of books. uh, There's uh, a couple of people that are floating scripts in Hollywood. And this is something that happened over 35 years ago, yet it always seems to come up, especially during uh, March and April when you have the NCAA college basketball tournament. But to answer your question, I've never deviated, really, my path in life, my thought life, uh, you know, the people that I've associated with, you know, on, a, on a, a real close basis. I've always known the type of individual I've been. And I, I've never looked back. I've never said, hey, we all make mistakes. We all find ourselves in situations that we would regret, but you have to move forward. It's not what happened in the past. You can't change that, but you can determine or dictate what's happened to your life in the future. That's the type of attitude I think I've carried for my entire life. And fortunately, I met my wife when we were 19 years old. So almost 38 years ago, we've been married for 35 years. And having her as a life partner, you know, will help uh, always uh, buoy me if I'm you know, lacking in, in confidence. And she's also a very good protector in the event that someone, you know, wants to connect me, you know, very quickly with the scandal and say something that really is out of line. I mean, she will, she can sniff those things out. She's a lioness. Yeah. She's just a wonderful lady. So she was one of the reasons why you were able to get through it was with her support. Yes. And I've always believed that, you know, there's a plan for my life, for her life. And that was a a part, I guess, of the plan to help steal me 
as an individual. When I say steel, S-T-E-E-L, is to make me stronger, to make me, you know, understand that evil lurks in the world and people will look to take you down. And as a result of that, I think that I'm stronger, uh, I'm wiser, and I'm a lot more mature. What advice would you give to my listeners who don't have a loving wife like you did? What advice would you give to them if they're going through some painful times in their lives? How can they get through it? I would say focus on the good. Focus on, you know, the dreams that you have. Focus on what you would like to see, you know, transpire in your life. Don't dwell on the negativity. Certain, don't dismiss it. Certainly learn from it. You know, learn from you know, some of your heartaches or from some of your mistakes or, you know, some of the unfortunate things that you may have walked through in life. But don't dwell on it. I mean, that will only drag you right back down in a hole if you were in a hole to begin with. And always look forward and look to move ahead. That's great advice. Speaking of moving ahead, it was pretty adventurous and creative for you to create these books, blogs, and a character. How old were you when you sold your business? Oh, seven or eight years ago, because we had done something prior to bringing Mike to fruition. My wife and I had also published uh, children's books. You know, we put together a 14 song CD. We imported stuffed animals from Asia. We also, you know, represented different musical artists. And Mike was uh, not something that I had done immediately after transitioning from selling computer parts into the entertainment business. It was a gradual process that had taken a couple of years before I started doing it full time and not doing anything else other than Mike. Do you think that in a way, Mike is your persona? Oh, absolutely. Uh, he's my <laughs> alter ego. He's known as an alter ego character. And for listeners, they're thinking, what is this Mike? As He's a cartoon character. That's a microphone. And he wears a bow tie. He sits atop a bass. His name is etched into the bass, M-I-K-E. He's got blue eyes. Yeah, he sits not only on a bass, but in a cradle. And we believe that he will be the first ever animated brand to transcend all sports. I'm talking about an animated character that would rival the popularity of like a SpongeBob or a Bart Simpson or a Mickey Mouse, but in the world of sports, because there are no animated sports characters that have ever been hugely successful as um, a national or a global icon. I've read a couple of Mike's blogs and he's a little bit feisty. Uh, Mike has a lot of angst and uh, <laughs> I have a lot of angst too because I have so much energy. Now, I realize I go to sleep, you know, by 10 o'clock every night, you know, our daughter says, dad, why can't you make double digits tonight? And I said, no, Kaylee, I gotta go to sleep. And I get up <laughs> at the crack of dawn you know, once I have my coffee, I mean, if it's 6, 630, as soon as the light shines, you know, in our bedroom, and I could always tell when, when it's light outside, I can't sleep. I got to be up. I have to be up and I have to be doing things. And Mike is a calling. Mike's my passion. And I believe that he's a part of not just my destiny, but my wife's destiny. And I believe that I have a lot of things that I could articulate to the world through the voice and the character of Mike. And I never envisioned myself like being a sports ca sportscaster or a sports writer or somebody that would show up on TV. And I feel like I could do it through my character. And I think the character has a way of uh, even saying things and doing things to convey a message in a really neat, clever way that doesn't offend people. And I know that you can offend anyone, anytime, anywhere, but people <laughs> really can't stay offended at a cartoon character. <laughs> 
Is that how The Simpsons and what's that other cartoon that says some pretty outrageous things? Is that how they get away South with Park. it? Uh, yeah, Mike is yes. Mike is not as edgy, <laughs> and we determined that we uh, uh, developed a core set of ethics and values for the character. That you know, since we've had Mike blogs or tweets or Facebook posts or animated shorts or podcasts or whatever or eBooks. Mike has never used profanity. He's never said anything like of a sexual nature. And I realize you can always offend somebody. But the intent with Mike is that he's an innocent. He's never going to attack somebody just for the sake of attacking him. At the end of the blog, Mike will always say, and something uplifting instead of just kicking someone when they're down and letting them stay there and say, this is Mike. So Mike's always got the handout to say, hey, come on, let's go. I want to bring you up to another level. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm really glad that you've created this uplifting character who can give you the, the bad news, but mix it in with some good. Yes. So, But he's a lot more than that. He's more entertaining than anything else. And I try and intersperse some of his entertaining blogs with, uh, you know, if, if there's something that's just so bothers me, somebody's attitude, somebody's behavior, uh, something, you know, irresponsible that someone had said then Mike will comment about it in one of his in, in one of his blog posts. But for the most part, he's all about entertainment and seeing things and reporting on things that are at the tip of your nose that you really don't talk about until Mike comes along and brings it to life. <laughs> now, Mike has a podcast, too. Is that something that he does every week as well? Or is that is is it more writing or it's more talking writing that Mike and does? ebooks? I've published 38 ebooks. Uh, 25 we sell on Amazon and 13 I give away for free. And we have people every day that are downloading multiple ebooks, you know, from our website. But the podcast is something I started, then I put it on the shelf and I put it on the shelf for a reason. Uh, there was some interest in bringing our podcast to life in animated shorts. So what I've been doing instead of coming out with new podcasts, I've been working with an illustrator animator in bringing several of these podcasts to life for a top sports website. Now, I don't know. I can't guarantee that that would come to fruition, but I believe it will. And when it does, I think American sports fans will fall in love with a brand new sports character that they've always been, uh, they've always been waiting for because Mike will entertain. He's just flat out entertaining. Well, good luck with that. And do us a favor after this show is um, released, because I interview people in advance of releasing sure. the shows, go to the show note and post a link when the animated character is up and running so that our viewers can take a look okay. at him. Thank you. You're quite welcome. Thanks for asking and thanks for giving me the opportunity on that. Oh, we'd love that. Are you kidding? That I think my listeners would love to see a cartoon animation yeah, of Mike. Yeah, Mike in a studio <laughs> and Mike has his own studio. It's called Studio M with LCD screens in the back because the LCD screens could house you know different logos, video content or images if we opt to go that route. The first couple uh, animated shorts that are coming out that Mike is narrating, is, one is called Immensely Important and Consequential Games. And Mike goes <laughs> through a retinue of like garbage can horse is where people are trying to shoot uh, wadded up balls of uh, paper into a basket, you know, banking them off the water cooler, <laughs> football with a book of matches that you play on a tabletop. And they're all silly games. And guys, women too, they can make a game out of anything. And they become very impassioned that they want to win a game that's immensely important to them, but totally inconsequential <laughs> to others. 
Wait a minute. What's the name of the of the uh, late night talk show host? I'm very bad with Jimmy names. Kimmel. Yeah, kind of like his games. <laughs> uh, sort of, yes. But all this stuff is just birthed out of you know my head. It's like the brain cells are always moving. They're always working. <laughs> That's and good. I come up with stuff constantly. It's just trying to find enough hours in the day to be able to sit down and bring the stuff to life. Well, you know, when you learn new things, which you, even though you had thought about Mike for a long time, starting the blog, starting the character that was learning something new, they've done studies and that actually creates new synapses in your brain. So well, that's interesting. Yeah. One thing leads to another. Yes. So but I'm so excited about the animated shorts because they're different. I just have this reservoir of ideas that I want to be able to articulate and entertain people. A couple of the animated shorts are one's called the Siren Song of Sports. And it's the ESPN theme song, da-da-dun, And Mike pontificates about how powerful it is, how it woos people in, how it can make you stop whatever you're doing in order to tune in to ESPN Sports Center. Or there's another one where Mike wants all sports fans to lobby the commissioner of baseball to quit spitting in baseball. So they're all silly <laughs> things having to do with sports. And because it's animated and animated is animation is a very cumbersome process and also expensive process. It's not as if I could report on what happened in last night's game or even last weekend's games is I have to do things that are of an evergreen nature where they're something that would be just as funny and as relevant and pertinent today as it will be maybe a year or two from now. Kind of like my content. Yes, exactly. I can't wait to see the animations. Oh, you'll have it so probably within the week. We have uh, several of them that we've done in the past, and we're just uh, we're doing more. And the new stuff, I think, is a lot more clever. Okay. Well, if we get the animations before the show airs, which is probably going to be the case, then we'll post them in the show well, that'd notes. That'd be awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. And then after that, if you want to go to the blog post itself and update our listeners, then please do that and post links to new shorts as they're released. That would sure. be great. We I'd would love that. that. Okay, good. Well, we're coming up to the end of the interview. And there's always a couple of questions that I like to ask because it helps my listeners. And the first one is, what do you wish you would have known before you sold your agency? And I'm going to say you're retired. <laughs> Even though you've got this this great love and passion, I'm going to say you're retired because you don't fully need the money. So what do you wish you would have known before you sold your agency? That I could have brought Mike to life 15, 20 years ago uh, instead of having to wait to bring him to life just a, a few years ago. So you don't have to wait to do your passion. No, not at all. It's I, I wish I could have just uh, you know stepped forward you know, many years before, because I love what I do. I absolutely love it. And you can't put a price tag on that. And in my previous business, sure, we were successful. We were really successful quietly here in Florida, because it's not like I was the CEO of a big company, but I had developed a formula of, um, you know, representing computer factories to big accounts and making a very uh, healthy income, you know, quietly. And yeah, that was great for a time, but it didn't have purpose. Mike has purpose. Mike has huge purpose. Well, what would you say to somebody who is working 40 or 60 hours a week, but they still have a passion? How would they be able to start something before they retired? No, I would say that they, they can start something. I'm not, I would never advise anybody just to go cold turkey. 
I mean, that would take a special individual under specialized circumstances. I would, I would encourage anybody that has a passion to look for ways to exercise that passion, look for ways to hone it, refine it, uh, bring it to a whole new level, uh, perfect it, you know, get the kinks out, the bugs out, and continue to do that on the side and look for some type of an exit strategy, start to pen it. And, you know, then after three months or so, look back at what you wrote down on a piece of paper and see if it's still applicable at that time. And if changes need to be made, then make those changes and move on from there. Great advice. Great advice. Last question. If you were sitting across from a retiree who currently feels stuck in their life, what advice would you give that one retiree to help get them unstuck to maybe inspire or motivate? that person. Just follow after something you love doing. Don't hesitate. Don't fear. You know, don't worry about it. If you love it, you know, you're always going to love it. It's just, it's inside you. It's, <laughs> it's a part of who you are. It's a, it's coursing through your bloodstream at that time. So just look for ways to do it. So what if you make a mistake, you, you correct that, but just follow after your passion. And I believe you're, you're already on the road to success. Thank you so much for coming on our show today. We really appreciate it. And for our listeners, don't forget that we do interviews with retirees, authors, and bloggers, and interviews with people who can help you with sandwich generation issues. So we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Thanks for listening to the Rock Your Retirement show. If you are rocking your retirement or know someone who would make a great guest on our show, please send us an email at podcast at rockyourretirement.com. Are you buried in information regarding Medicare health insurance? Have you gotten a four-inch stack of mail regarding Medicare? Do you wish that you could find an experienced agent who works with multiple companies to assist you or your loved one? You're in luck. Medicare Quick starts each prospective client with a 20-minute informational webinar that describes the difference between Medicare Advantage plans and Medicare Supplement Insurance plans. Then, after you understand what type of plan matches your lifestyle, we help you decide which company suits your individual needs. Call 866-445-6683 for more information or go to the website medicarequick.com. Mention the word rock and we'll send you a cool stylus pen just for calling. Medicare Quick is not connected with the federal Medicare program. Medical insurance licensed in the states of California, Florida, Nevada, and Texas, and Medicare Advantage and prescription drug plan service areas vary. California license number 0797566.